Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Some don't know how to handle it Always reaching out in vain Just taking the things not worth having But don't you worry about a thing Don't you worry about a thing, mama Cause I'll be standing on the side when you check it out Yes, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> when you get off your drift. Oh, y'all know how I feel about Sir Stevelyn. Stevelyn. Praise the Lord, Hardaway. niggas. Praise the Lord. How are you, sis? I'm doing all right. You know, I know you have a challenging several weeks ahead of you. You know, work is work, and I'm just trying to get through it one thing at a time. I'm doing okay, though. How are you? I'm good. Same thing. Just trying to power through all of the to-do lists. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And it seems like every time I go to bed, it feels like I did not power through that to-do list. But I know that I am, so. For sure. <laughs> you know, like you said, I just got to take it one step at a time, one minute at a time. That's all um, we can do. But we're going to take a, a, a few minutes of time. To talk to you all at this kitchen table, we have a beautiful kitchen table talk uh, with uh, for you all with a special guest um, and and some a little bit of trash to get into. So, shall we mosey there, sis, and power through this as well? Let's do it. All right. Okay, Masuda time. Halor. So. In honor of our good sis Kia, I think they oh. did this just for you. <laughs> no, they did not. But a different world oh, is is coming to Zoom. I think I saw that. Coming. I think it's happening tomorrow night. Yes, um, directed by and produced by uh, our auntie Debbie Allen. Oh my gosh! And Yara Shahidi, little sister. Come on, little Yara. So okay. are they going to like do like an episode? Like, what is this? I don't get so, it. Is it going to be like girlfriends? Are they going to like read? It's going to be like a, I, is what this I'm be understanding, like a rerun? Is this new I'm, content? I think, and I could totally be wrong, <laughs> but because I'm, you know, it seems like people are trying to figure out how to navigate in the COVID world. And so sometimes mm. we're not going to fully understand until we see it. But what it looks like they're doing is maybe doing a table read of the last episode. Um, oh, cause wow. key news in key news in here. 
Oh um, Lord, I know, child. You know, you know how we felt about Kino. Oh Lord, Te- I think Jesus. Tessa Thompson is playing Kinu. If I read that properly, really. Um, so they're doing like a table. Little Yachty's in it. Like it's a very this festive is gonna time. Be so, much. <laughs> so and Yara Shahidi is hosting. So you know, if 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 Auntie Debbie has her hands in it. And Yara has her good, sensible young hands in it. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna endorse it <laughs> and support it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I have I'm, to I'm, remember what time it comes on. We we gonna find out, but we're gonna watch it. Let's all watch it. <laughs> we'll come back and talk about we'll it. Report back. We'll yes, report we back shall. On how this song goes. So we have some good news. Google, would you say, sis? Oh, I said, great. We yes, need good news. we do need as much good news as we possibly can. Google is launching a digital training initiative to help HBU students' skill sets. HBCU? Yeah, what did I say? HBU. HBCU. Y'all, it, we, let me tell <laughs> okay. y'all how Kia and I are extra tired tonight. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we extra We're tired. here to hold each other up. <laughs> we are. Be my pillar. So <laughs> they've launched this new initiative that will train 20,000 HBCU students um, in digital skills to help prepare them for the workforce. Um, and so... It's, I think this is launching across several HBCUs. Again, this is supposed to help 20,000 students through a, a million-dollar investment in the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, um, the nation's largest organization exclusively representing the black college community. So Grow With Google will provide digital skill workshops um, in the career centers of 20 HBCUs, reaching 20,000 students over the next school year. And the program will be available to all HBCUs by fall of 2021. So Fantastic. I think that's pretty dope. We um we love to see where you know our black students and our our black youth are supported, especially in the world that we live in. Um, and black leadership, we got a video, a cameo from Uncle Barry. Barack yes, Obama <laughs> and he said hello niggas I am no longer president so I'm <laughs> going to lightly let this chopper spray <laughs> go ahead Uncle Barry Uncle Barry and he got up there he was like I like I set this nigga up I set up warehouses I had playbooks I had step by step play by plays they squandered these funds. They took these funds. They smashed my shit. And now look what's happening. Mm-hmm. If, is that who y'all want in leadership? <laughs> he went on a whole a whole to-do. Did you watch it? I did. Mm-hmm. I um and have been like um getting my life to um, you know, people reposting clips of it on social oh, media the remixes for the and last things. few days. Yes. I mean, I I don't even think you said he lightly let the chopper spray. I think he came with an agenda and points. Well, if he would have said fuck, then it would have just been letting the chopper spray. Since he didn't let none of those points. He's got to still, you know, I mean, in his own way, he just, he did let, let, um, let off and let half, honey. He so did. We were here. He even had the nigga stance. He even had the nigga. (laughs) He was making these like. He said they would have called me Beijing Barry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a moment. Uh, Absolute moment we will treasure. Uh, A moment that we deserve as a people. Not even Mm -hmm. just black people, but rational 
thinking, critically mm. thinking people mm. who know how to, you know, who you understand logic and reason. Mm, mm, These mm. things are not common um, in our current society, but we are yet praying and yet holding on. We are. <laughs> we are just like very tightly, <laughs> very, very tightly. Um, and we have to hold on because the world is a dumpster fire, as we will talk about in our kitchen table, but also in this very last trash story. So I don't know if you saw the footage of Offset. Um, no, this is not about their marriage because we will not be discussing that anymore ever again. I'm tired <laughs> and I don't have time to go back and I don't, forth. I mean, this is what <laughs> I expect from, you know, people who are 25. That's it. And also, everybody got a homegirl who talks about leaving her nigga every other day. And you just be like, all right, Maya. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't even feel no way about it. <laughs> mm -mm, like, okay, no. this is what we do. I've done it. We've all done it. We have all done it. I did it for nine years. But um offset got pulled over apparently he had some fans following his car they recognized him they followed his car uh police pulled him over um and claimed that there were reports of of them waving guns out the window uh but ultimately they pulled him over for the attention that they saw with the cars that were following them so you know the the he was on live on instagram live while all this happened and um I'm glad he, I'm glad so that people could see what's going on. Uh, and I think there was a, a misunderstanding. You know, everybody's like, oh, OK, well, you know, these well, these people don't know who you are talking about. Do you know who I am? I think he was referencing it to do, all these people are not following me for no reason. Like, I actually have a platform. This is what I do. This is who I am. And these people are following me for that reason. It's not any funny business going on. What I did not like that I saw in that video was one of the main officers he was talking to had a Blue Lives Matter <clears throat> flag mask with the skull, mm -hmm. the one that has the skull behind it, and also had blue tape over his badge number. And hmm. it's very clear in the video, both of those things. And so it just con it, it continues to show us how these people can be out here, they're empowered to be out here representing these these ideologies and so forth boldly, boldly. And nobody's allowed to, we just have to deal with it. And they're allowed to do whatever they want. They reached in his car, they unlocked his doors, they pulled him out, they arrested him. Apparently he was uh, detained and then released. And I believe it was Cardi's cousin or uncle or somebody who might've been arrested on a gun charge. Um, mm. I don't know if that sticks. I don't trust anything that they say. But it was just, it's just really, it was really disgusting to see. I'm like, really? You you, you don't give a fuck. Like, they don't give a fuck. And they don't give a fuck because they're empowered to not give a fuck. Agreed. And that is, that's the, the really sick, sad thing about it. And that is our trash this week. I think it's time to wrap that right one up. My sister's popping right now. La, la, la. Oh, hello, hello. Let's shout out a sister. And actually, we're not going to shout out a sister today. We're going to shout out my cousin. Um, my mother actually uh, was able to reconnect with a cousin through Ancestry.com. Um, nice. A cousin that she, she, she knew as a child. And then they lost touch at around like 10 and got back in, in touch. And I thought it was such a beautiful thing. And since they have, we've come to find out that my cousin sells CMOS. 
right. and i know you niggas love cmos <laughs> so <laughs> um i am you niggas is me uh cmos is amazing it's got so many health benefits um so many health benefits so wonderful for your immunity eczema psoriasis so many things and so my cousin actually sells cmos for through a chemist blends you can find that on instagram a-k-e-m-i-s blends b-l-e-n-d-s um there are CMOS gel available, uh, and then there's a free original topical gel, eight ounces, with the purchase of $40 or more. You just use promo code TOPICALGEL20. And like I said, CMOS gels are, are great for eczema and for psoriasis and just for your immunity in general. So I will be sure to post all of that information in the description box. Um, but this week we went on to shout out a chemist blends. So if you are looking for CMOS, Go ahead and hit that up. Make sure you check out that description box and we'll have the information posted there. Bo show. And now we have a beautiful kitchen table talk to get to. So I think we shall head that way. way, way Self-care way, and routine way. are always important. Whatever you're using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. Meet Billy. They've recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high performing body care directly to you. No pink tax, no visit to the drugstore, no breaking the bank. Go to MyBilly.com and get their starter kit for just $9. That includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. And Billy is out to change more than just the way you shave. They just released three completely clean, must-have products to add to your routine. Lip balm, dry shampoo, and face wipes. Stock up. Let me tell you all how I love Billy. My razor stands in my shower. It does not touch the water because I put it wherever I want. And it actually sits on the magnetic holder. I thought it was going to be shifting all around and falling all off. But it just, it stays. As soon as you clip it right back up there, it's like, doop, we on there. Magic. And I love the My Billy Shaving Cream. I, uh, I recently went quite some time without shaving my legs, to be perfectly honest. Because y'all know quarantine. And, um... I was out here looking like the woolly mammoth, but I used my My Billy cream and my legs were feeling luxurious on my brand new sheets. You all know that is like luxury at its supreme. Go to MyBilly.com to meet the razor that made everyone start talking about razors. They're in Allure Best of Beauty winner and on Nylon's beauty hit list for a reason. And to express a little love for our show, go to MyBilly.com slash grown. It's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you will ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash grown spelled my B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash grown. Grown, grown, grown. Welcome back to the Kitchen Table Talk segment. And we have a very special guest. Very, very, very special guest. My beautiful fairy, Mary <laughs> Akpa. Say hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me on today. Of course. We're so happy to have you. So let me let me break Mary down. We actually shouted Mary out a couple weeks back for her single, Black Body. Oh, yeah. Thank so you. Mary is a musician and a singer and also um, the co-founder of Nyjah Girl Tribe, which we will talk about a little bit towards the end of the Kitchen Table Talk segment. But you, you'll, you'll get enough of my voice. I'm going to be very, very quick. I just wanted to introduce Mary before we get into it. So we wanted to bring Mary on to talk about SARS, um, which is the special uh, anti-robbery squad 
um, in Nigeria. Uh, if you have been paying attention a little bit to social media, you've seen a lot of what's going on um, over in Nigeria with the protests um, and, you know, just the really, really awful behavior uh, by these people who are supposed to be police. Something that we're not unfamiliar with here in the States as well, which is why I thought it would be really important to talk about. So with all that being said, Mary, I want to pass it to you. Um, we just want to ask you a couple questions and you can talk to us about those connections that you have over there and some of the information you've learned uh, and so forth. So you want to talk a little bit about yourself first? Oh, that's the weird part. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I am Nigerian, born in Nigeria. Um, but my experience is really the black American experience. I was raised here in, in the U.S. And so um I have, over the last few years, mostly in my um, adult life, kind of found a way to try and marry those two cultures, marry the identity of being very, very uh, rooted in, in my Nigerian-ness, but also very connected to the Black American experience. Um, and when I talk about myself, I think that's super important because it does, it does inform a lot of what I do. That's the place that I um, write music from. It's the thing that inspired the organization Niger Girl Tribe that you mentioned, um, which focuses on empowering uh, young girls in Nigeria. Um, and as part of that, when you talk about SARS, really, you know, I have to say the hashtag NSARS started circulating, um, I think about last week, maybe two weeks ago. And so people are asking, what is SARS? SARS you can think of it as sort of the um, like a militarized police force in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And they are certain they're set up essentially to enforce the law. That was the original purpose. But as is the case in many sort of um, developing countries, many of the people that join these forces are impoverished. They're not paid very well. And what happens is it turns into this thing of sort of survival and violence and corruption just kind of breeds in these mm -hmm. systems, right? And then there's also the challenge of just the infrastructure in Nigeria and the Nigerian government. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother topic. So SARS has over the years become this um, almost like terrorist militarized police regime where even myself, where I don't live in Nigeria, and I like to clarify that, though I have an organization that works in Nigeria and I have family in Nigeria and I'm in touch with lots of organizers in Nigeria, I still live here in the U.S. So I do have that separation, mm -hmm. but I have my personal experience with SARS and it is this sort of fear. Mm -hmm. If you're mm -hmm. a woman and you encounter SARS late at night or if you're someone who um, maybe whose sexual orientation isn't acceptable, accepted in society. There are all of these extra um, added fears that you have when you engage with SARS that are, it's just really unfair. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that this time of uprising here, even in the U.S. with the Black Lives Matter movement and um, just really kind of protesting police brutality um, sparked something. I think it sparked something world worldwide. Um, there was an incident that happened in, in Lagos a few weeks ago where um, a SARS officer murdered a trans woman, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition to that, like a few other incidents happened and this protest mm -hmm. just sort of sparked. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we know right now is the protest is essentially uh, sort of um, spearheaded by Nigerian youth. Mm hmm. 
Um, because I think even here, if you think about the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement, it's really the youth that are saying, hey, these are the same challenges that our parents and grandparents have been facing. Like, why are we still right. accepting this? And I think have you seen been... the numbers in the in, in in voting, early voting? Yes. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. And I feel like, you know, earlier on in the pandemic, sorry, I'm kind of going around in circles earlier on in the pandemic. I felt a like a helplessness, I think, mm. um, a hopelessness, a, a, that heaviness that I think we as black people carry of just like that tired and that exhaustion. It's like, when is this going to be over? But there's something that's happening now. And I say this carefully because even with the protests, the NSARS movement in Nigeria and the Black Lives Matter movement, I don't want to paint it in this positive light, right? Because there is so much heaviness around it. But mm-hmm. right now, I think that there's a collective line that's being drawn in the sand, mm-hmm. Absolutely. right? And that line is saying, we're not going to mm-hmm. take this anymore, period. And that's happening Absolutely. here. In the, that's happening globally. And mm-hmm. that right there is inspiring. That's mm-hmm. inspiring because mm-hmm. when there's a collective line that's drawn, that means we're not accepting this anymore. We don't know what's going to happen, but we ain't dealing with that. And so I'm very inspired because, you know, my experience as a Nigerian has been going home and feeling like being very aware of the the disparities and and feeling like. When you're when you're oppressed and especially when it's there's a power structure at play, Mm -hmm. after a while, you sort of accept what is as just this is just the way it is right mm-hmm. and you know you can be resilient you can be a fighter but you kind of it's not a complacency that's not the right word it's sort of an acceptance and i think mm-hmm. that what's happened right now is nigerians especially nigerian youth for the first time are like wait so we don't actually have to accept this we can yep. fight and we're going to and this is what we're demanding um and so for for about two weeks you saw a lot of protesting um on the 20th of October was a pretty violent day um, where there was a massacre um, in Lekki at the toll gate in Lekki mm-hmm. where the government officials ordered a um, essentially a massacre of protesters of peaceful protesters in Lagos. And that has now moved into, um, yes, a heightened sense of protest. And I'm saying this because I'm piecing together information from all of my friends on the ground, yes. organized on the ground. And so this mm-hmm. is this is a very new movement in Nigeria. I want to say that because there aren't as many uh, community groups and um, activist groups as there are here in the U.S. So this is sort of not that there aren't activists, don't get me wrong, but groups that are really mm-hmm. organized there, there, they aren't as many. And right now in Nigeria, you have these little pockets of activists that are trying to like make something happen. Mm-hmm. And after that massacre, what folks had realized was, okay, we need to be strategic. How do we come together? How do we bring all of these different pods of people that are saying no more, no more, no more, no more, who are protesting? What are our demands? How exactly do we want to go about this? How do we become strategic so we're not just putting ourselves in in danger, essentially, protesting and setting ourselves up to be massacred? And so this past few days um, in, in Nigeria has been about that, about mm-hmm. how do how do communities come to, uh, I'm sorry, community groups come together and create sort of not one group, but have one agenda mm-hmm. and one strategy. Um, so that's where we are right now with, with SARS, with the end SARS 
uh, protests in Nigeria. I will say that it would be best to follow the hashtag. I will also be leaving as much information and resources as I can. I'll be sharing them on my on my socials. Um, there's also um, an Instagram handle that's formed by a group of activists in Nigeria called feminist.co. Mm-hmm. That's their hashtag. I mean, that's their, their handle on Instagram. That's a great uh, place for resources. Another Nigerian activist, her name is Yagazi. She is a photojournalist. A lot of people are familiar with her, I'm sure. She's a really good resource for just kind of staying in the know with what's going on. Um, and then I can give you, if you'd like, just a list of, of folks to, um, who are on the ground in Nigeria for folks that want to stay in touch with what's going on. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to put all of those um, in the description box uh, for those who want to keep themselves informed. I'm glad that you're actually this was a, a good transition. So um, it's you know, we're very, very lucky to have these hashtags in social media right now to mm. kind of understand what's going on over, which is why I kind of wanted to bring you on. And I'm glad that you also mentioned I'm not there. And so I'm piecing together information. That's a problem. Can you, yeah, right. what, why do you think there is so little exposure in journalism to what's going on right now over in Nigeria with SARS? Mm. Wow, that is such a loaded question. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot I can say about that, but I think that we know that uh, the way that we digest media and information is is completely different than, mm-hmm. than it was in the past, right? So. There, there are um, motives behind how media is reported and what mm-hmm. we hear, what we know, what we receive. There are also motives behind the messages that are shared. So the messages couldn't be skewed. We know that. Um, I think I was watching something and have been reading a lot about um, just fake news. Mm-hmm. And we know now that fake news circulates faster now than real news. So I think there's that. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, I'm just going to call a spade a spade, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, the Nigerian government is still very much in cahoots with the British. I mean, let's... Yep. So there there are a lot of agendas and a lot of motives that are, that are at play that are not, you know, <laughs> for the benefit of Nigerian people. Let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. so, of course, the information is going to be skewed. Of course, it's going to present it as if, as, hey, these protesters are dangerous. They're you know, SARS is actually keeping the peace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if you ask any Nigerian, any Niger that has been in Nigeria and has inter- interacted with SARS, they'll, not, they'll tell you what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it just, we all know as black people here in America what police brutality is. We know how we feel when a cop pulls up behind us or when we're walking. We know that's SARS. It's, there's a mentality that I think... Uh, colonized African countries have taken on. Mm -hmm. It's this colonizer's mentality of law and order and militarizing in order to keep whatever agenda the powers that be need to be kept, right? Mm -hmm. I I think that's just what it is. And I don't think that, I don't think media is exempt from that. I don't think journalism is exempt. I don't think any of it is exempt from that. And so Mm -hmm. in piecing together information, I have the privilege of having an organization that works in Nigeria Working, having girls in Nigeria that are protesting and then active and then are working on the ground, having really close friends in Nigeria who happen to be activists and community organizers, mm-hmm. having family. And so because I, I'm just in touch with them and with what's happening there, when right. things like this happen, 
I sort of have to know because I have to know how to support my girls. Exactly. And these are my people. These are my people. And when I think of black liberation, like, okay, let's take SARS and remove it from Nigeria. If SARS Mm -hmm. was in Ghana or in Senegal or in Haiti, to me, it would be the same fight because it's still a fight for black liberation and for the right for people, black people and people from all walks of life all over the world to live peacefully and with equal rights. That's just that's just what this is. So to me, it almost falls under that same umbrella. And it, it feels it feels crazy to to know that these are like we know what we deal with here in the States, but yeah. to see that our people have to deal with that at home from our own people is wild. When I was looking, I was reading an article about um, a whole warehouse or something that they had that the, the, the police kept all of this covid supplies mm-hmm. and it was it was supposed to be donated to the people mm-hmm. and they hoarded all this covid supplies for all mm-hmm. these months mm-hmm. just for the sake of not giving it to the people just for wicked and evil or to sell it or to there's mm-hmm. there's just for their own benefit it's amazing how i mean this this runs this runs so deep and i think as people of the diaspora, we really have to get to the point where we start asking ourselves the real questions. How have we internalized these colonized, these, uh, the ways of our colonizers? How are we playing them out in our lives? How are we pl- subjecting our people to them? Because it's one thing, yes, police brutality and racism is one thing, but when it's coming from your own people, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means that you have internalized your master's way of being and you are mm-hmm. now playing that out against your own people when do we stop that at what point at at what point i think you raise an awesome point as we think about this issue through the lens of imperialism and supremacy as a system Mm. right so what has been most interesting in you know just my research and trying to just gain some understanding of what's going on in Nigeria, it's really been fascinating to think about the way that these things link, right? So I'm thinking about these things as a function of imperialism. And we think about the imperialism that has happened, you know, centuries ago that is still playing itself out today. And it's really a global issue, right? And so um, I'm thinking about it with respect to, you know, the, the executive order that President Trump put out a couple of months ago that was kind of trying to to uh, undo or dismantle any talk of uh, anti-racism as a, as a tool of like, you know, this being anti-American or anti-patriarchy. I mean, anti-patriotism, sorry. Um, but I guess patriarchy too mm-hmm. kind of falls but under that umbrella. But um, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm thinking about, like you're saying, like, you know, this is bigger and larger than American and uh, America and American history, but this is really a global concern. Mm-hmm. And we think about how policing in and of yes. itself has roots in controlling black and brown bodies. Um, that's what it was designed to do. Yes. Um, with this concept of law and order didn't exist until they started talking, until black people tried to, tried to start to get free. Um, and so I am, right. I'm just like extra conscious and I'm glad that we're talking about this issue through that lens because I don't know that um, mm-hmm. many people, self-included for a long time, I don't know that many people are making the connection to what this what this is connection. like in practice. Um, making those historical mm-hmm. connections to what's going on right now. And I want to go back to something that you said a little bit earlier about um, thinking about these things um, as these kind of tools of, of um, white supremacy and oppression and 
how these different narratives play themselves out. And we talk about the media as a tool, as a vehicle for kind of carrying this messaging. And I was wondering, um, since you said like fake news travels much quicker and a lot of times more efficiently than the truth, are you aware of any lies or thing like, you know, what are, what are, what are ways that the story is, is being skewed um, that you have seen? Like, what are some things that we might be able to miss or misconceptions that we might be able to debunk for people who listen to our show? Because I'm really uh, intentional mm-hmm. about getting grown, being a place where the truth is told, right? We don't want to get caught up in these problematic narratives, but from your ears and from the mouths of the people who are on the ground, what are some things that um, we don't know or something, some lies that we have been told um, about what's going on over there in Nigeria? Yeah, wow, that's a good one. Um, gosh, I wish I would have prepared this before I got on like, this call, but um, because I don't remember what publication it was, but there was a story going around out of Nigeria that there were no deaths in the protests. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's interesting because me and everyone I know know several people that were killed, that were harmed, that were... That's one. The other one was that the government officials had nothing to do with the massacres mm-hmm. and who gave the order. It's just like things like that or that um, protesters. Another one is that protesters are like defacing property, which let's put a pin in that, in that. because when the riots and the, sorry, the, the protests and riots happened started with George Floyd, that was a big thing. Right. It's about demonizing these protesters for rioting and looting. Right. Absolutely. I feel like if you can brutalize me and have no consequences. And I feel like I need to take that out through rioting and looting to get your attention. So be it. But that's not even what was happening in Nigeria. So that's the wild thing is that was, oh, these rioters, no one, it was a peaceful protest actually. Mm -hmm. People were holding hands, singing the national anthem and a massacre. So it's like those little things like that. Um, And I can get back to you on on more because I'm it, they're escaping me right now. But just it, 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 it's sort of blatant the lies. Like, why do you need to say there were no deaths? Like, what? Why? Why lie? Why lie? Mm-hmm. I when you all were talking about the connection and why this is a and how this is a global issue and why we need to be concerned about what's going on and you know with each other in different parts of the world. I notice even with that colonialism and with those with that mindset that has seeped into a lot of us as a people, it's also seeped into a division. Uh, yes. You know what I'm saying? Oof. Look at all of the awful, um, awful things we used to say even to each other as kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And or even I've had some Nigerian friends where their their parents have instilled in them that that Ameri- black American children and families are lazy and we're shiftless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've had this stereotype that, you know, that 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 uh, I don't want to I hate saying Africans because that's so broad. But you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's been a division. It's been I mean, a division. I got African booty scratcher, booty scratcher growing up. All yeah. those things, right? It's mm-hmm. been a division that's been seeped in through. This all comes from from colonizing. All of Absolutely. this the colonizing mindset, and Absolutely. we have to just like the young people are getting fed up in all parts of the world, and they're trying to change these narratives and these old systems. We have to do the same with being concerned with our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world 
whether it be what's going on in the States or what's going on in Nigeria, we need to be concerned with each other because we're not dealing with this alone. We're dealing 100%. with corrupt government and corrupt, corrupt mentalities all over the place. Yeah, it's a systematic imperial. It's the mentality and what's behind these systems is so deep that it takes the diaspora saying, we're not accepting this for Nigeria. It takes the entire diaspora saying no for Nigeria, not just mm-hmm. Nigeria, right? Because at the end of the day, what affects them affects us. What affects mm-hmm. me affects that we're we are all connected. We just we just are. There's no way. There's no way around it. And I was watching a documentary. Um, I don't remember the name of it. It was the Russell Cinnamons yes. documentary. Um, and she, one of the one of the participants brought up something really, really important. She said something about how this disconnect, this separation between us as Black people, we know that this was by design. But she mentioned how. When uh, this is, I don't remember where this is, where they were keeping slaves in some place that I don't remember where she mentioned that they would bring the women out. Mm-hmm. This is this is graphic, obviously, and just select women to to to, to rape, to impregnate mm-hmm. so they could breed more, more um, slaves to take on slave ships back to, to the Middle Passage. And so mm-hmm. what would happen is the men that tried to defend the women were taken to a, a room and tortured and killed. And this would happen repeatedly. What does that say? What does that do? That is instilling a character trait. Mm-hmm. You watch your women and people get beaten down. You do not defend them. You do not fight them. This is right. This is how it is. That was at the beginning of colonization. We are, we're here in 2020. You think we forgot that? Do you think that just went away because we got some rights? No, we have to dig a lot deeper and see how we've internalized that, passed it down, how it plays out in the smallest ways. And like one of the ways is feeling like we're separate from people because they're on the continent and we're here. We're not. Sorry. We're separated by distance. That's it. It boils down to anti-blackness, like across the board, like on a global scale. Yes. And I think Mm -hmm. we we don't I don't know that we talk about enough, like how deeply steeped these things are because you're saying like you just say like just because we got some rights but like even those rights are in theory and not in practice and so we have exactly i think um my challenge Mm. is especially with um you know specific to uprisings and um you know our our this generation and the younger generation's response to uh, what's going on in the world just resistance and activism um, it's easy for folks to feel powerless or unsure of how to contribute mm. or lend their voices, their talent, their skills, their ideas to, yeah. um, you know, furthering and promoting these efforts. Um, and so as we've talked about here with respect to what's going on in this country, I have often felt like I don't really know where to start if I want to support um, and, you know, be a, be an ally and, and help to raise awareness um, about what's going on in SARS and do something about uh, uh, in, in Nigeria with SARS and actually do something about it. I don't really know where to start. So mm-hmm. do you have any insight for anyone yeah. who might be like me, who is, you know, just learning and getting educated about what's happening there in Nigeria and wants to help, but not yeah. really sure how to go about it? 
Yeah, thank you for asking that. That's that's another one of those sticky ones. Um, because I believe at the beginning of all of this, there were lots of donations that were being sent. Organizations were receiving donations and that was fine. And then what I really appreciate is that a few of them were like, okay, we're no longer accepting donations because that's not really what we need. Mm-hmm. I think we have a tendency to throw money at problems when it's like, this is a systematic problem. What we need is strategy, organization, things like that. And so, as I mentioned earlier, Um, all of these organizers are starting to try and come together to figure out what exactly needs to happen. What exactly are we asking for? What do we need? So I think right now the first step is awareness. So a big Mm -hmm. thing happened last week. One of the government officials in Nigeria tried to flee to a country where he keeps his money and and wanted to get away from what's happening in Nigeria Mm -hmm. right now. And that country, because of the awareness that people have put on SARS, sent him back to Nigeria and said, deal with your people. That sounds like a small thing. That is a huge deal. And that happened because people were sharing the hashtag and people were saying, wait a second, you can't just kill Nigerian youth like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people that feel helpless, I get that. I often feel helpless too. Oh my gosh. But I think we forget how, Jay, you mentioned this at the beginning of the conversation, how we know about this because of the hashtag. That's the yep. world that we live in right now. That's the power of social media. That's the power that we have. Um you know, being connected in the way that we are via these platforms. So I think that's the first step is look through the hashtag. I know that's that's daunting. See what resonates with you. I'll give y'all some resources of people that I trust. Like I mentioned, feminist. And we'll have all of that in the description Mm -hmm. box for you all. Yeah. And just stay in touch with them. So a friend of mine who's a creative in Nigeria, his name is Daniel Abbasi. He's amazing. We talk all the time. And he's like, it's just nice to know that someone there is interested in what's happening here. And so I think that folks don't realize how far that goes. Just follow those people. You don't even have to follow. Just stay connected. Hey, do you need anything? Hey, what's happening? Stay in connected. Stay connected with them. So we want to create the habit and the tendency to shift away from us being over here and over there. We want to make it, mm-hmm. we want to create the pattern and the, what am I trying to say? The habit of yeah. being engaged like with one another. Bridges, uh, yeah. make these connections. Yeah, so I don't think there's an easy answer. It's not like, oh, mm-hmm. go to this person, you're going to know. I think that now is the time for us across the diaspora to start little by little just building relationships with people across the diaspora, following them, seeing. You know, if they one person knows what's going on in in their town, they probably are connected with five other people that you might learn some right. information from. So it's just right. it, honestly, it's fairly that's new. The way, so it's yeah, yes, it's, it's a it's new difficult. it's a new ish movement. So it's hard to mm-hmm. pin down exactly where to go. And I think that's coming very soon. And I will try my best to be a resource as things gel and things come together. I'll be more articulate about it because I'll have more of a grasp on what's happening. But I think that's my that's my suggestion now is just becoming mm-hmm. as aware as possible and trying to find folks on the ground um, that that need the support. And sometimes it's even they just need the support. Like even some of my friends, I just send a message to, mm-hmm. you know, I think just starting mm-hmm. to build that bridge is is super Thank important. You. I answer your question, no, no, Kia. No, Sorry, no. I know that wasn't like no, super tangible. No, you've been lovely. Yeah. Um, 
can you tell the listeners a little bit about your organization and some of the things that you all, what you what you all are about and some of the things that you all have done and what you're working towards? Because I think it would be beautiful to close out with that. Let me tell you, Mary B. Oh, and I and I think we have a little special treat at the end. Yes, we okay. do. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. All right. So please go ahead. So my organization, that's my baby, is called Niger Girl Tribe. And Niger Girl Tribe is an organization that focuses on empowering Nigerian girls. And what that means is we want to guide them and hold space for them as they walk through their life. As they go from whatever stage they are in maybe elementary, junior high, middle school into womanhood. And that's through personal development, it's career development, it's mentor matching. Um, a lot of what we're doing right now, though, it's been interesting. We we host our workshops in person, group counseling, and then one-on-one sessions with our girls. But since the pandemic hit, we haven't been able to go, you know, in person to Nigeria. So we've been hosting our um, meetups virtually. Mm-hmm. And with that shift, what has happened is we've become more of a support for them in their activism. Um, with the end stars protests, with the protests that happened, the protests that started earlier in the pandemic uh, around gender based mm-hmm. violence against women. Um, so it's been a really interesting shift to this organization. It's very, I think it's a holistic empowerment of Nigerian girls. It's, mm-hmm. it's helping them to understand what it is that they might want to discover in life and, and helping them just understand that they can do it and giving them hopefully some tools and maybe finding them a mentor that can help, you know, just support them through that process. So um, one of the things that we're working on for hopefully 2022 is building our first resource center. And the resource center will, uh, that's where girls can come in for, it's just a safe space for courses, workshops, mentor matching. We'll have like a computer station. um, And we want to also have a partner with women creatives who can come and sort of teach classes with, for the girls as well. Um, but one of our girls, she's incredible. She wrote a piece. Um, so part of what has been really inspiring for me um, during this time, this pandemic, there are two major things that have happened in Nigeria in the past few months. One was a series of protests that I have never seen in, in my life before. Women in Nigeria protesting body autonomy and the right to their safety and their, their physical safety. Um, it it was remarkable to see these young girls fighting for, for their rights and now with, with SARS. So uh, one of the things we encourage our girls to do is just cr- let, let things out, create, find some sort of outlet to express what it is that you're, that you're feeling so that it's not stuck in there. And whatever outlet that is, that's fine. It could be dancing, it could be singing, and we kind of support them through that. So one of our girls wrote this beautiful poem that I want to share. She means so much to me. Um, And Mary would not read it to me before the show, so we are all going to hear it together. (laughs) Yes. And I'm so excited. We got consent and everything. Yes, she obviously gave her consent for me to read this. And I I just, I'm eternally just blessed to be um, in a position to, to to support young girls. It's just so inspiring to see how brilliant they are and how far ahead they are than any of us were at their age. You're like, yes, come through. (laughs) I'm just proud of her. So this is is a poem by Yawanda. It's called When Nigeria Bled. How could you let the motherland bleed? Why do you sleep with a stone cold heart? 
Within a twinkle of an eye, the streets were filled with the screams and mourns of the shattered. We put our weaknesses to sleep and awoke our bravery. We silenced the voices that said they cannot be that strong. We built a wall of unity that roared, you cannot break me. The glory of our native land we were ready to fight for. How invalid you made our tears and groans. How unjust and cruel your actions. But I hope you never forget that there is a supreme king on the throne who despises barbaric intentions. Unto this king are our battles taken. This is where the wicked start to lose rest. And one by one, your schemes become unhidden. By the king's power, our victory is birthed. Amazing. How old is she? <laughs> she is 15, mm. y'all. 15. What a talent. 15. Child. Oh, my you God. Know, Please tell her we said thank you so much for allowing you to read that on the show. We really, really appreciate it. I'm going to send this to her. Yawanda, you are Yawanda. beautiful. Thank you, Yawanda. Yawanda, for sharing. Yawanda. Absolutely. Yes. And we're, if, if, if Yawanda is, is okay with it, we'd love to share on the Get and Grow Instagram as well. Yes. I'm sure so. she'll be fine with that. Please do. Beautiful. Beautiful. Please do. Mary. We appreciate you so, so, so much for coming on. And um, we know this, the movement itself is, is uh, or this, the problem is not new, but the movement, like you said, is newish. And yeah. while people are trying to organize and get things together, we really appreciate you coming and being a resource to help us to kind of educate ourselves and start knowing where we need to look in order to, you know, build those bridges, like you said, across the diaspora so that we can all be concerned with what's going on with each other. And, and hopefully in corruption on a global uh, scale, but that is a grand dream. But it, we're we're clearly seeing beautiful steps towards that, and we really yeah, appreciate you coming on. Of course, I'm just I'm here for this this collective line in the sand, y'all. I'm here for it, and Absolutely, whatever I can do child. to just push this forward, to push this black liberation forward, I'm here for it. So I'm here to be a resource for you as well, and I'll continue to just keep you posted as I Please. as I learn more. And we will keep you all posted. We'll have all of Mary's information in the description box, all of the links that she sends, um, as well as hopefully Yolanda's poem on yes, our Getting Grown sure. Instagram account. We love you so much, Maddie mm -hmm. Akpa. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blast. Absolutely. Great to meet you. It has. Me too. We're going to wrap this segment up and we're going to get on to our for sure. honesty box. If you're struggling to pay off high interest credit card debt, you need to take action. Help fight off high interest credit card debt with Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your job history in the form of a smarter rate. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000 so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart is completely online and makes it fast and simple to check your rate. If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com grown to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com grown. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Full amount. Full Honestly? Full amount, full Truly. Amount. Oh, hello. It's time for the honesty box. Uh, sis, you want to give our listener um, identified as she and 
her uh, a pseudonym? Sure. Let's call her um, Keontae. Keontae, like a delicious wine. Yes. Keontae. Keontae is the wine. Keontae mm-hmm. is what you niggas would name your child after that mm-hmm. delicious wine. <laughs> hey, sisters. Um, thank you for your platform and the work that you do. This podcast is amazing and affirming. Thank you, Keontae. I've been struggling to write in about this and wanted to see if this could be a part two to the secrets discussion. I'm mainly interested in secrets and romantic close friend relationships. And here's the backstory. I have a friend who's having an affair. I've been friends with this person for years. I've been in dating. I've been dating someone for two years and this relationship is growing. My friend having the affair disclosed this to me around the time I started dating. She sees me as the vault because I have a no judgment, mind your business attitude when it comes to how people choose to navigate their life. Amen. I've been honest about my disagreement with her choice, but ultimately it's her issue and cross to bear. Recently, my partner has noticed that when I have conversations with this friend, I tend to leave the room or talk very coded. He has voiced his suspicions that I'm keeping something from him and has assured that I can speak to him about anything. He at first had suspicions that I was hiding things from him about us, but I believe through conversation he doesn't feel that way anymore. I've told him that my friend has shared private things with me and I want to honor her confidence. This has brought up conversations about secrets and how this should be handled in our relationship. I've said that generally speaking, I don't think we should keep secrets from each other as it pertains to our relationship and how we're growing together. But I also have added that we both have people in our lives who confide things to us that have nothing to do with our relationship and we should be trusted to keep that confidence. His position is that we shouldn't have secrets outside of what we have to legally keep secrets about because of our jobs. We both work in fields that deal with confidential information. Um, I should add that he also voiced that he thinks my friend is having an affair and I've not confirmed or denied it because I don't think it's my place to do so. He knows this friend now through me. He shared things with me about his friends that have been shared with him in confidence, mostly to debrief and process. He doesn't think it's a big deal because it's me and he knows I won't say anything. I've told him that he doesn't have to share private convos from his friends if he doesn't want to, but he is truthfully more radically open with me than I am with him. So given this scenario, what are your thoughts around secrets and relationships? Should I spill the beans about my friend's infidelity? Do we owe our friends confidence uh, that we won't share their private info? How does keeping the confidence of close, close friends compare to what is shared with an intimate partner? And how have you all handled the clash of these secrets versus confidence keeping? I am a stay single till the right one comes along late bloomer. So this is a first real relationship for me and I'm older And I think I should have some answers, but I'm stuck. I wonder if this can be unpacked at the kitchen table because I'm torn on just sharing with my partner versus keeping my friend's secret. Or do I just throw in my whole philosophy around keeping secrets and be more open to transparency and all things? Thank you, Keontae. Man, I don't know. I think, whew. I don't know, because I have been, I think it depends on your partner. Um, your relationship, how much you trust that person, if you trust that person, um, because I don't know, I have been in a situation where I have chose not to disclose some things with my partner. And Mm -hmm. then I've had partners where, you know, 
that person happened to be my unpacking and process partner, right? So that person I would I would share with him and he would help me think through things um, and offer like, you know, objective um, perspective around like, mm-hmm. you know, how how to handle certain things, how to respond about certain things, how to feel certain things. And just kind of like us talking about these things were, were very much, you know, a part of our connection between he and I. And there was never, he never betrayed my trust. So I never mm-hmm. felt like it was, um, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like it depends. I can see, I could see how, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like I could see how, I think if it were me, I would, if I wanted to, cause I can't tell what you want to do. I can't tell if you if you feel like you should open up to your man about this um, or you want to, but you're worried about betraying your friend. I don't know. I don't know. I think to if me, it were me. Oh, go ahead, sis. I, I, I just answering what you... It sounds to me, and I could be totally wrong, and please feel free to write into us, Keontae. It sounds like she wants to keep her... Like, she's like... She well, wants to keep her friends secret. Yeah, but she's she low-key feels obligated because this nigga share, overshares. <laughs> she's like, well, you know, I don't want to, like... I don't want to lose out on this because it's a good thing. Well, yeah. And I think in that, it, in that case... And I don't know. I don't know if I was mishearing or I don't know if you picked up on this. But did you get the impression that he was starting to doubt like Keontae's man is starting to doubt her because he doesn't share. So what she, she said share. was he, he initially thought maybe it was her keeping secrets, but she said as time has gone on, she, she can see where he knows it's not her, but he knows she's keeping a secret for her friend. So it's not causing issues between them as far as I think you're keeping a secret from me about you. But you can tell me what's going on with your homegirl like it's no big deal. And this is where I will say, if you really don't want to tell him, you don't have to. Yeah. You, boundaries and relationships are a thing and they're important. Um, and, you know, if you this this is totally up to you. You know what I'm saying? My friends confide things in me that I don't share with my husband. Um, and then if it's something where it's like this is something I don't want to the outside world, but, you know. This is what's happening. Then I might let him know a little something that's going on. Like, I'm not going to keep him all the way yeah, in the dark it because depends. It, depends. it depends. Yeah, it depends, it depends on what it is. But somebody who's really sharing something in, in real confidence, like, please don't share this with anybody. I don't tell him. And that's a boundary that we have. And he don't press me either to tell him because he understands that's a boundary that we have. And I'm sure that there are things that he doesn't tell you concerning Absolutely. his personal relationships with Especially his by friends. his raggedy ass friends. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> I'm just playing. So yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think I think I think it depends, but I think you should definitely do what you feel led to do because you know both of these people and you know this situation better than we could. Um and I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. I've not been helpful at all because I I do feel like you sound like you know what you want to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or you you know what you should do or what you're feeling. You feel like you need to keep this secret um, because you that's the kind of person that you are. Um, I do feel like, though, she did say in the beginning, though, that she's expressed to her friend that she's not. 
excited about Mm -hmm. you know the fact that she's in an affair and i do feel like if if you it's fair for you to say i don't think it makes you a bad friend um if you you know say i it's not like i think we've talked about this before like you know it's you don't want to abandon your friend but Mm -hmm. it's okay for you to say i don't really you know i'm not really i don't really endorse or support what you're doing and mm-hmm. i'm always going to be here for you but you know maybe we don't talk about this anymore like yep. because it's starting to make me you know feel some sort of conflict in my life um and you know i don't want i don't want to be pulled in these different directions because i love you and i will not stop loving you but this mm-hmm. is just not something that i feel like i want to be a part of mm-hmm. um and i think that's okay too um if that's how you feel, I'm not saying that that's how you feel, but just offering that, like, if this is a play, if this, maybe this could mean that this is something that you, um, you know, don't want to engage your friend around anymore. And I don't think that makes you a bad person. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, if you having an affair and that's, that's your business and I don't want to tell you what to do, but maybe I just, I feel like, cause I know when you, when people tell you their business, you become a party to it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, like, I don't necessarily know how long I'm going to ride with you in this because this is not something that I fundamentally agree with. Um, Child. And I've been there as well. Like, girl, we're not going to talk about this no more. I love you so much. But I but can't, I can't be quiet. Yeah, I can't <laughs> sit quietly as you sleep with somebody else's husband. That's going to be a problem for me going forward. I know in the beginning I was going mind my business, but we've just reached a place <laughs> where um, I'm now feeling conflict around your secret. And I don't want to be stressed out about business that's not even mine. Yeah, I, I, that's <laughs> another conversation because I... Yes. I'm sorry. A, I feel a, like no, I'm not no, 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 no. I, I think that's a necessary uh, I've segue. Been there. I'm telling you what I know from experience to a yes. future conversation for Ooh, sure. I have been there, and I think that that is a place, right? It's a hard place to be. Um, but when, like, when other people's business and secrets and lies start to infringe upon your life, perhaps it's perhaps it's a sign that you should dissociate yourself from that activity, not necessarily that person, that relationship entirely, depending upon how that conversation goes. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, you know, if this is causing static with you and your man, even if it's not real static, but if it's raising a question, if it becomes a conversation and you feeling this way about it, it may mean that, that perhaps you need to go back to the source of what the confusion might be. And ask some ask some hard questions about whether or not this is something you're willing to continue to do. Absolutely. Keep us updated, Keontae. Keontae, <laughs> please let us know. You know, let us know what you decide to do, and and know that it's okay. To, whatever you um, want to do, like whatever you decide, it's your business. It is your business to decide, but. I know that because I, I I sense just a teeny just a teeny Joan in the end of that where you were like. You know, this is my first reel, so I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate. Please know that from jump, it's important to set boundaries in relationships. And it's mm-hmm. okay for you to have those boundaries. For sure. and, a per- and if a person um, puts any pressure on you to uh, step over those boundaries, it is your job to hold them in place 
which is going to set things up for you in the future. But if you let somebody step all over them, then that's just going to create bigger problems for you going forward. And I just want to share that 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 element. But please continue to send your honesty box questions to Getting Grown Podcast at gmail.com. And let's move into this black person self-care. Okay. I deserve All right, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of black women self-care, I did a thing this weekend. What you do? Um, I don't know if you guys uh, know or if you're aware of whatever part of the island of Zamunda you are occupying out there in the world. But, uh, I mean, the season autumn shook out her coat and graced us with her appearance here in the DMV this weekend. And so I said unto myself that I wanted, uh, a, a meal that reflected the season. I wanted, some warm goodie, some mm-hmm. warm, good tasting food. And I decided that I was going to um, make myself a delicious pot of chili. Ooh. I was very excited. Mm-hmm. I found a recipe online. My friend Des, she has a little cooking show that she does on Instagram. She follows recipes. She made a chili here a, a week or so ago that looked really good and really mm-hmm. easy. And so I just asked her to send me the recipe. And I hopped on the Instacart and purchased my ingredients. Mm. And then I went on downstairs and clanked some pots together. And I made me a good old bowl of chili. It was really good. I know really it was good, good too because Kia can burn, y'all. It was really good. It had like two kinds of beans in it. Yes. I put some chipotle peppers in ooh, it. Uh, oh, yes. Give it me was really good. It was really, Did it was kind of like. anything? I put a little cheddar cheese okay. and a dollop of sour cream. Oh, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you know that um, it was kind of like your grandma's chili, but just like, you know, the gentrified version. Mm-hmm, 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 which is okay sometimes. And I was, what is okay sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got, it has cumin and chili powder mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and oregano. Yes. And I mean, the recipe called for ground turkey, but I just went ahead and got myself some lean beef. Which is just fine. And, um, you know, it was good. And I, I had I had some leftovers. It was just like a good, good bowl of like, I'm, I needed this. I wanted it. I decided that I was going to cook it. And I did. And it was just a choice. It was a choice. I feel like it's chilly season. It is chilly season. It's and cold so I and just, it's wet. Yes. And it's mm. like very warm. It's hearty. Mm. And it took about an hour to make. It was mm. very easy. Very easy. Took me longer to chop up my peppers and onions and things. Oh, that's usually um, the length. <laughs> what you combine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, which, chopping it up. And it's really just putting everything in the pot and walking away, child. And mm-hmm. I know the next day was even better. Oh, I girl, it has. It got good and thick, honey. Mm. It was good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. have some more. I will be continuing to dine or throughout you the week you have inspired me i'm gonna make a short rib chili for patreon Ooh, that's what short i'm gonna do rib. yes mm, baby I'm, very gonna, I'm gonna gentrify the shit out of that and make a mm. short rib a short rib chili oh sis i you are right i did very much enjoy that i asked key if she had yes. a black woman self-care she yes. said one you will enjoy i was gonna ask her if she rolled a blunt oh, no, but no. <laughs> um my black woman self-care this week i was very sleepy on Friday. I was very, very sleepy, but we had plans 
to take Antoinette shout out to Around the Way Curls. Yeah. Um, to take Antoinette to a drive-in as a post-belated birthday little thing in COVID. For sure. Um, so just our friend Angie, myself, and Antoinette, we uh, I got a bunch of banchan chicken mm-hmm. and uh, fries, and I got two packs of ciders. Antoinette went and bought out the snacks uh, section at Sea Town, and we went to the drive-in and watched Beetlejuice and I sat outside the car. I have not yet had an enjoyable banchan chicken experience. Really? Yes, I had got. I, there's some. There is a. There was. I don't even know if it's still there, but there was a place in um that was close to University of Maryland, mm-hmm. and I went because I used to get my nails done over there, and I went in there one time, and the chicken was cold. Oh and no! Uninspiring. At Bonchon? Yes. So I've never been back, but I oh, mean, I, sis, you had a bad experience. I did. You did. And I really wish that I could undo that damage. But well, um, when I come to Maryland and we have our quarantine, we're going to get some banchan chicken and I'm going to show you how it is so delicious and hot and crispy. Oh, but you I mean, can't it's spicy anymore, smell- right? Huh? You can't spicy anymore. Can you? What you mean? I thought you couldn't spicy anymore. XD said you having trouble with the spice. XD said that he did. He said y'all, 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 both of y'all have a problem with Popeye's spicy chicken now. You can't eat the spicy. Oh, I just, I've always just prefer. I like the flavor of mild. Oh, I'm just got not you. really. Okay. I'm not a spicy like I don't. I'm not a hot and spicy kind of girl. Ooh, um, maybe you not to like Korean fried chicken. <laughs> I mean, is it is it hot? It's spicy. It's got a little spice too. It's got a little kick. Oh, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, delicious. the spice that, I mean, the issue that I had with them was not like spice heat. It was temperature heat. The chicken was cold and uninspiring. No, you can't have no cold Korean fried chicken. That is, uh, that is really disappointing. If there's any representatives from Banchan chicken out there who would like to send <laughs> Kia a piping hot plate of your Korean fried wings mixed with the soy garlic, please do it properly so my sis can have an experience she's supposed to. And if she doesn't, I will be bringing myself to Maryland to make you some homemade Korean fried chicken <laughs> wings. And that, that's just what we're going to have to do. Santana also makes a very delicious Korean fried chicken wing. There but, was a place um, in White Plains that wasn't far from my grandfather's church. And they used to do the Korean um, barbecue, like ooh, rib tips. Yes. Mm. So mm. good. And I miss it. And I feel like since that place is closed down, it's probably the last rib tip I've had. And I just miss it. it was so good. Oh my I god, it was Chicago amazing. rib tip. Oh damn you, COVID! I wanted to go to Chicago this year and get me some proper rib tips. What I'm sad. Time. I'm sad. But um, that's our black person self care. Uh, send your black people self cares to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail because we're gonna do a whole self care episode. And we want to know what everybody is doing because we want to be in your business. And with that being said, we're going to round this right on out with the petty P. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. honey. All right. So I was having a conversation with my good sis today. And she is a makeup artist. Mm. And um, a very popular, very well-known, very talented makeup artist. And she and I were conversing in the DMs today because... um, we were both just kind of, you know, venting around mm-hmm. 
the audacity of strangers, oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. especially on social media. And so she posted a picture of her work and mm-hmm. um, there was, now she did the makeup and I guess the person commented about the hair, like the model's hair. Okay. Um, something about her wig. Now I don't. I'm not a wiggy girl, so I don't really know the the specs about mm-hmm. wig application, wig maintenance. Yeah. No. These kinds of things. But I'm mm-hmm. guessing that there was some sort of issue with her lace or the front of her wig or blah 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 blah. And so, um, the girl was posting the model's picture just to feature her work, and her the makeup was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But this wig issue had been a source of a lot of commentary. And so this person commented on, like she posted, as the makeup artist, she posted the picture because of the makeup. And someone commented um, with respect to the wig. And she was just like, um, to the the effect of like, I hate that she posted this. I, I hate that this wig looked like that. And the girl was just like, okay. Or I don't, or she said like, I don't like, I don't like this wig. And my friend was like, okay. like <laughs> Right. Like, okay, right, that's fine. And um, she was just like, oh, and she went on and wrote paragraphs upon paragraphs about why she felt like, you know, um, essentially questioning my friend for posting this picture, like, and, and accusing her of being shady for posting a picture of this of this wig looking like this. Um, and my friend challenged her. She was like, I had a little time today. So I was just like, why Why do you care? Like, I see things on, on the internet that I don't like all of the time. Like, I see things, I see things in real life, like in my everyday life, people wearing things, people saying and doing things, things that I wouldn't say or do or wear. And I feel those feelings and I have those thoughts, but I keep my mouth closed because I don't like, you know, I have my own business to attend to. And so if you do have an opinion about this wig, that's your business. But why you got to tell me? Like, keep it, keep it to yourself. Um, Yeah. And like, what did you think? Like, did you really think that I was going to sit up in these DMs and talk trash with you about <laughs> about this picture, about this person, about my work? Um, and and what what would prompt you? as a stranger to feel like your thoughts and opinions Maddie. have any, have any meaning or significance to me. Yeah. Um, and what makes you feel like I posted this to get your green light? Um, and so, I mean, I just feel like, I think, I think um, there are, it's just interesting, right? Because I think in this age of social media, um, we have gotten to a place where we just kind of like spew our opinions all over everything and everybody. And I had to caution, I've had to check myself. Like there was a friend of mine, a a friend of mine, someone I really care about, um, posted a picture of herself in some color contacts. And so, right. So, (laughs) which is her business, right? Which is her choice. (laughs) But immediate me being me, you know, (laughs) 
I saw the color contacts and immediately was just like, wow, this is unsettling, <laughs> right? And I said that to her in the response. And she responded back and was just like, okay. And then I had to check myself. Like, she didn't ask me for my opinion. She didn't ask me how I felt about her. This is her choice. This is her business. This is something she wanted to do. And I went back and I said, you know what? That was my response. I, I should have kept that to myself. My opinion does not matter. You have every right to make whatever choice you want to make. I think you look amazing no matter what choice you make, like blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, forgive me for, you know, I, I totally like my opinion in that moment was unwarranted. It was Word unsolicited. <laughs> it was just kind of like a reaction that flew out of my mouth and I should not have said it. Right. And I caught myself and she didn't ask for an apology, but I gave her one because I recognized that it was my opinion and my opinion in that moment doesn't matter. Like she's grown and she can do what she want to do. It's her picture. It's her face. It's her. Then I'm like, you know, if she thinks that she looks amazing, get your life. And I mean, it's not my place. To, you know what I'm saying? I think she looks, she's a stunning girl. It, I was just surprised. Right. I never, oh, yeah. I was, Color you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was a thing but you know everybody can do what they want to do so i guess my petty peeve is is for unsolicited opinions and like you know like i mean the girl went back and forth with her she she sent me about four or five screenshots of this girl going back where and she was like you know uh you always want people or people get to, get, get um people have the right to not like what you post and i'm like that's so true but i mean what you want me to do? Engage with you about it? Like, right. like you want me to? You want me to agree with you? You say you didn't like it, and I said okay, and then you had a problem with with. Well, you felt like I was being dry. Like, what what makes you feel like you are entitled to a discussion with me about your opinion? Mm. Um, um, and you know, it's just it's just interesting, right? Because I think the internet has given us all a platform to kind of say what we think whenever we want to. But mm-hmm. as adults, we need to to acknowledge that we don't we don't have the right to say what we think all the time. No. And there are times when what we think does not matter. <laughs> and there are times when what we think is just that what we think. So. So. Right. So I don't know. My petty peeve is for 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 all even myself, I guess, unsolicited opinions, even when I give them out. Right. It's like, girl, nobody asked you. Everybody got a right to say and do what they want to do. Have your opinions. And I'm just like, you know. Why, why, like, and why spew your opinions on defenseless strangers? Mm-hmm. Your group chat is the place where your opinions <laughs> are welcome. Okay? Like, if you feel a way about something that I wore, like, you know what I'm saying? Or it's something true. that I did, or, you know, tell your best friend, tell your sister, tell your mama. Y'all can sit around and talk about me all night if that's what you want to do. But you don't got to come and tell me because it doesn't really well, change anything about what I'm doing. so much to you. Like, Absolutely. Why do you... That also as well. Because... But if you just got to tell somebody, tell yeah. somebody else. <laughs> tell somebody else. Don't tell the person who literally didn't ask you. And right. Because nobody asked you. This doesn't pertain you. to art because I watched it... Bad Hair and I definitely gave my opinion. Oh, but... <laughs> I see. I didn't know. Okay, so I was the only idiot that didn't know that that was a scary movie. Or was it supposed to be scary? Because think, people keep talking about it like as a horror film, I and think I'm just it was like, supposed to be like a like a dark comedy horror cult horror type of you know when they have uh, movies like that, and so we have you know we have this black this genre of black horror coming out um, and thrillers and 
psychological thrillers and things like that, which I think is a beautiful movement to me personally. It wasn't scary to me at all. Um, even Crystal Jean wasn't scared, so that tells you right there. Well, yeah, if Crystal Jean can handle it, I probably can too. I think you can, but I just don't know if you want to. But that's, you know, you go do that's what fair. you like. That's fair. Listen, everyone <laughs> has a right. That's what I'm saying. There were a we lot put... of people who enjoyed it. Absolutely. Get yeah. your lives. Yeah. Um, people are like, I'm into the, to the campy can't be horror film so if that's your thing cool it's yeah. not mine so i said it <laughs> so but when it thing. comes to it's other people's business specifically their I, choices I, about themselves right yeah. why do you care um why do you care so much about this person who you've never met and you feel so upset about her wig that you would talk to someone who didn't even make it like True. she was like i didn't even make this wig i'm just posting the makeup because i thought i did a nice job I don't know anything about this wig, girl. Like, why are you in my DMs? But also, just comment on the makeup. Find something positive. Unless it's those ugly rubber slides that the kids are wearing these days. Those, I understand, being viscerally angry I don't even know what you're talking about. They look like dinosaur eggs. I hate them. They're so ugly. They just look like little gel slippers. They're these fat rubber weird Oh, I think I saw you post something about these things. I hate those shoes. And how they just upset you so. And if somebody asks me, well, why do you care? Because I hate them so. Mm. <laughs> because I because I do. Because I just literally hate looking at them. That's just <laughs> that's just that. <laughs> Listen. Oh man. My petty peeve this week, um, very light, very easy. I just get really irritated with people who don't read signs, read notices, mm. read instructions. Um, you know before they decide to call me and make my life my delivery people keep calling it's usually the lazy ones i notice it's the ones who don't want to get out their car well how do you buzz me in the building i put explicit instructions on every single platform that i use on every app everything it tells you exactly how to dial me what it does when you dial me and what i will do (laughs) once you dial me and then where to go once i let you in after you dial me so if you are asking me, that means you got irritated because you had to get up out your car and you don't want to read the instructions and therefore you have irritated my, in my whole experience. So that's just it. It's just for people who don't read instructions. Um, they don't read the push or the pull on the door. They don't oh, read Lord. that you need to wear masks in common areas. They just don't damn read. So oh, hello, Cookie. Hi. Hi. Hi, Kia. How are you? What's her name? You just said it, girl. <laughs> he said, what's her Kia, name? Her name's Kia. Girl. You said it. Hi, Tika. <laughs> you Wait, forgot? It says Tika. No, it says. Oh, she oh, he, she was trying to read <laughs> it. To, it says. Bless it. <laughs> it says Takia. It's just Kia. It's just Kia. You see the last four letters? Yeah. Kia. K-E-I-A. That's it. Kia. Hello, follow viewers. Okay, bye. follow viewers. <laughs> Well, follow viewers. That was another yes. episode of Getting Grown. <laughs> she was like, she saw. I know. I told my mother that my name just startled the child. <laughs> she said. She, she said, was like, that is not. That's Kia, but who is this? It doesn't. She said, who's Tika? <laughs> I know it's overwhelming. It's too many letters. It's just too many. It's just too many. Period. Period. Who is Tika? Who is Tika? She said, that is not Kia. I know that girl. She's like, wait, I know her. That's what she was like. I'm Tika. 
She was like, <laughs> "Baby, <"Who's that?" laughs> Tika." She's she got a twin. She got a twin she by. Like, who is that? <laughs> I don't know no one knows who I am. She knows you very well. That's why she was just she because she's reading everything now, which oh, I love it. Is great, but also you've got to watch what she is now reading for sure. <laughs> you've got to, you got to make sure that the things you have. Or she'd be like the coldest winter ever. What's that? I'm like, oh no, don't, don't open it. Mm-mm. That's <laughs> not a book for children. But that is another episode of Getting Grown. Thank you all so much for coming to sit with us. Thank you to Mary for mm-hmm. coming to sit with us at the kitchen table um, and just sharing what she's able to find out firsthand. It's beautiful to have that uh, to have that connection. So we are really, really grateful. Sis, would you like to add anything before we close out? No, I want you all to remember to take care of yourself. Stay safe. Stay home. <laughs> and stay out of each other's business. Um, these are just the ways that we have to survive. Oh, I did see, uh, I don't know if we talked about, well, it happened during the show, so I don't know if you saw, but it What's says that, that, that um, the uh, the Senate has confirmed um, Amy, what's her name? Oh, uh, Lord. Amy oh, Coney Barrett. She is our new Supreme Court Justice. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you guys. Mm. <laughs> wow, she looks like wow. she's just chocked full of evil. Well, um, let us pray. Indeed. Everyone, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Continue to uh, drink your water. Stay hydrated in this season. Moisturize your skin because, I mean, I, who wants to add ash to the very long list of concerns that we mm. <laughs> that we are facing in mm. this day and age? And as always, mind the business that pays you. Yes, because your uh, black will crack and end up looking like Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> If it's dry. Bye. All that. Bye. (laughs) This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.